Welcome to another Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. I'm intuitive medium, spiritual coach, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I am also the host of Love from the Hip. And I am forgiveness coach, author, and your host, Brenda Reese. And I am transformational coach, author, and your host, Roy Reich. There is great power in the number three. It is not only the number our brains remember most, but it is also the triad, as it contains a beginning, a middle, and an end. It represents wholeness. And what better way to absorb information from the, from the power of three coaches? We created the show with the intention of assisting you in awakening your intuition and inner coach and to help you live your best life. We will have real conversations and share our own personal experiences to help you to do so. We may even make you laugh. At the close of the show, we will pull an oracle card to add extra insight from the universe. Our topic today is happiness. According to Etymology Online, the word for happy, in most languages, came from the word for lucky, suggesting that our ancestors believed that happiness was largely a byproduct of luck. It also points to a possible generational difference, that happiness was not a vital factor in a good life, but essentially a bonus that some lucky individuals got to experience. The Oxford English Dictionary's definition of happy is feeling or showing pleasure or contentment. Philosophers who write about happiness typically take one of two stances. Happiness is A, a state of mind, or happiness is B, a life that goes well for the person leading it. So what does psychology have to tell us about happiness? There are many different theories of happiness, but they generally fall into one of two categories, hedonia and eudaimonia. Hedonic happiness is derived from pleasure. It is most often associated with doing what feels good, self-care, fulfilling desires, experiencing enjoyment, and feeling a sense of satisfaction. Eudaimonia happiness is derived from seeking virtue, purpose, and meaning. It is associated more with fulfilling responsibilities, investing in long-term goals, concerns for the welfare of other people, and living up to personal ideals. Some theories see happiness as a byproduct of other, more important pursuits in life, while others see happiness as the end goal for humans. Some theories state that pursuing happiness is pointless, and some assume that happiness can be purposefully increased or enhanced. Although they differ on the specifics, these theories generally agree on a few points. 1. It's good to be happy, and people like being happy. 2. Happiness is neither a totally fleeting, momentary experience, nor a stable, long-term trait. 3. At least some portion of our happiness is set by our genetics, but the amount varies from about 10% to 50%. 4. The pursuit and attainment of pleasure will rarely lead to happiness. And 5. There are many sources that contribute to or compose happiness. So Sakura, what can you share about happiness? Well, Rory, interestingly enough, I've had the hardest time experiencing something which seems so easy to experience, this thing called happiness, right? Familiar unhappiness, on the other hand, that one I've mastered. Growing up a people pleaser, starting off with the desire to please my parents, my teachers, and my friends, then later as an adult, my clients, my coworkers, my bosses, and my mentors, I did not consider my own happiness first. But that was also because I wasn't sure that it was or, you know, like I even deserved it. I did believe, however, that everybody else deserved it. 
and I strived hard to make sure everyone around me had it. As a child, I observed my parents and their level of happiness most. Honestly, they seemed more unhappy most of the time, and I'm not talking about with each other in their marriage, but more so in life. Life seemed to bring them down more than lift them up, and even though they worked hard, they had the basics covered, a house, cars, and other material things. I grew up middle class in a very affluent neighborhood surrounded by people who lived way beyond their means and could afford to. I witnessed their continued unhappiness. And so I knew right away happiness was not the stuff you had. But then I questioned what it was. And I moved 2,000 miles away to try to find it somewhere else, thinking the grass is greener. The reality is we all want to be happy. We all have some sort of idea what that may be, but we strive for it outside of ourselves. And that is where we go wrong. Getting sick was the turning point for me. I realized that the way in which I was doing things, thinking, and even loving was not in a way of happiness, but rather in a way of suffering. I was of the mindset that happiness was some sort of magical thing that I would never attain, wasn't worthy of, and that required too much work. I instead made satisfactory, okay, and fine, good enough for me. And when you're sick, just like this time during this pandemic, All of the material things fall away. They no longer bring you any joy, even if it's only temporary. Temporary moments are no more. It instead feels like one long, drawn-out lifetime in which you are unsure you will come out of, as I'm sure you both can relate. Mm -hmm. One in which you start to reprioritize your life and yourself. I realized the happiness that I had been searching for all of my life was within me. I needed to find that joy, that energetic, vivid light that burned so brightly inside me when I first came into this world. And so I set out to find it within, which involved letting go of limiting beliefs, the I'm not good enough, I'm too much, you know, all of those, etc. Basically, I had to accept and love myself, which ultimately played a big part in my healing and to me is the true meaning of happiness. After coming to the realization that every single one of us not only has access, but is also deserving of happiness, I made it my mission to help others to see that light. Yeah, I love that. Oh, yes. I can so relate to all of what you said. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, I really like the part about that everybody defines happiness differently. And we're not, we don't even know we're doing it. It's right. subconscious, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of it's from our childhood, from the, the people that we're surrounded by. And so, you know, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Well, and I think that a lot of us do grow up that people pleasing. We, we learn outside of ourselves to look outside of ourselves, right? For that happiness. We're, we're not taught to go inside, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you're right. As far as the pandemic goes, we all had that material that those distractions taken away. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> that's where a lot of that discomfort came from. It's like, I'm so glad that that was a way for soul searching for you. Well, to get sick first, right. I'm sorry that happened. Right. Um, you know, but we do, it seems like we do, do kind of need those wake up calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately. And, yeah. And I think collectively we all experience that. Right. And so many people during this time have just, you know, realized that they are truly not happy with their lives. Yeah. And with each other. And you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? <laughs> all of those things that they thought made the video game, all those things that they thought that were making them happy. Their job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their job. Yeah. Because some people, and I really like how you noticed in childhood too about the material. Yeah. About, about the people that were living, you know, supposedly had everything, but they were still unhappy. And I think that's true. And I think that was a wake up call for me too. Yeah. Was realizing that even those people were still grumpy. There was something about them, you know, <laughs> that, that it was like, 
Why, why aren't you happy? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's elusive. <laughs> well, everyone, stay tuned for this episode of the Conscious Coaching Hour for more conversation around happiness, offering up advice on happiness, and sharing our own personal experiences with it. If you would like any advice around happiness or would like any intuitive coaching on any issue, feel free to message us on Facebook at Love From The Hip. That's HYP. The veil is the line between physical and non-physical realities, between spirit and matter. Listen in to Go Beyond the Veil, an exciting new show every second Wednesday of each month from 2 to 3 p.m. In this engaging and informational jam-packed radio hour, hosts Sakura Sutter and Rory Reich interview folks who make a living crossing the veil, assisting others on their journeys of healing and self-discovery. Drawing from their own experiences, Sakura and Rory have come to realize how challenging it can be to understand it all. So they will ask the hard questions to not only reveal more truths and clarity, but in an effort to make spiritual sense. They hope by offering you, the listener, a resource where science meets spirituality that you too can finally put your skepticism to rest once and for all. So join them as they go beyond the veil. Taking care of your body's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at esteracare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A care.com. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H dot com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. I'm intuitive medium, spiritual coach, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I'm also the host of Love from the Hip. And I am forgiveness coach, author, and your host, Brenda Reese. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Roy Reich. On today's show, we're discussing happiness. If you have a question or need some advice on happiness, or simply want to share your experience, you can message us directly on our Facebook page, Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P. So, Brenda, can you talk about an experience you've had with happiness in your life? Yes, I can. <laughs> you know, most of my life, my happiness level was dependent on other people. 
I didn't realize it because it was so ingrained in me to look outside of myself, to take my cues from other people on whether I could be happy or not. Part of it also was being empathic, which I didn't learn that I was until later in life. Picking up other people's energies was challenging in knowing what was mine and what wasn't. So I thought it was all me. So when I was looking back at my childhood and even into my 20s, it didn't seem like a very fun time. Plus, traumatic experiences played a big role in not feeling like I could be happy. It felt more dark and sad instead of light and happy like I hear so many people talk about you know, when they're describing their childhood. What I did know was that I kept wanting to feel happy and learning that happiness is an inside job really helped me to set some energetic boundaries for myself around the energies I was feeling. And it also to help me see where I was comparing myself to others, which is a crazy topic. And we could have a whole show on that. Definitely. (laughs) You know, on comparison by itself. And I think we should. But then, you know, as I learned, um, as I was going through life, to take responsibility for myself, my choices, my decisions, and my feelings, that was a big one. It was a game changer. And it took some practice because depending upon other people for my happiness led to a lot of disappointments and insecurities about myself, which I was able to overcome. And the forgiveness work, you know, really helped with that. But having the desire to be happy was key to me. And it helped me to stay optimistic and grateful. And oh, and another thing I learned to do was have a happiness list. Mm-hmm. Taking some time and asking myself the question of what truly makes me happy inside helped me with a couple things. It helped me get more clarity about myself, and then it helped me to not be dependent on other people for that happiness because they have their own stuff going on. And if I make my happiness dependent on theirs, I, can, I just am setting myself up for suffering. So to make my list, what I did was I allowed that time to feel into what really brings me joy. What kinds of things made my insides tingle and my body feel lighter? Those things for me were dancing, chatting with a friend, really good dark chocolate. Gotta have (laughs) chocolate, right? Of course. Walking in nature. I know. (laughs) Writing those down so I can see them reminds me to do them and that increases those happy hormones in my brain. I love that. I love how she has these exercises. There is something up her sleeve. So I have to ask you, were you a caretaker as a child? Yeah. Yeah. So you were like me. Yep. And so listening to your story, it's, you know, it was our responsibility to make sure that everyone else around us was happy. We didn't even take our own happiness into account. There was no no time either. No. And then when I grew up, it was like, well, what makes you happy? I had no idea. Mm -hmm. And it was based on, well, this person's happiness or, or yeah, what they like, right. not what I liked. Yeah. You had a definition. It yeah. It was just making other people happy. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that was my quote unquote job. Mm-hmm. Right. And yet we still kind of do that with our clients, right? Yes. We, do. <laughs> we, we need do. to make sure they're happy first. Well, yeah. I think it's just doing it for the right reasons and consciously. Yeah. Well, right? and, and learning that, that I can have that. It is okay. It's not selfish because that was the other thing as a caretaker, right? You think it's selfish? Guilt too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also understanding, as you pointed out, is making your own list because everyone's journey, their own journey will distinguish what their happiness is, right? 
Mm-hmm. You know, if someone's very sick, obviously being well is going to be on that happiness list. I know it was for me. So, well, yeah, and and also in that comparison, right? It's like, well, I should feel happy if you know other people that are doing certain like bike riding or this or that makes them happy, and it's like, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> not for me. You know, or you know, climbing mountains. Yeah, no, not mm-hmm. this girl. Well, what about for you, Rory? What has been your recent experience with <clears throat> happiness? Well, I remember as a child, these really vivid experiences where I was completely living in the moment. And I remember how everything felt new and exciting, and I could spend entire days doing the most simple things mm. and deriving pleasure from it. Mm. And as I've gotten older, I've become aware of the transition from purely living in the moment to slowly moving into a state where I'm living more and more in the future, in my head, or sometimes in the past. I spend more time thinking about what I want and how to get there or focusing on the day-to-day challenges and far less time enjoying where I'm at and appreciating what's right in front of me. You know, as we get older, I believe we tend to think more and more and experience less and less. We've gotten away from the curious, playful child that we used to be, and we've been convinced that happiness is a destination that is always right around the corner. Mm. You know, as we talked about, no one taught us how to be happy or even explained what real happiness even means. What happens when you accomplish all of your goals, finish school, get a job, meet your spouse, buy a house and have a family, and you still find yourself feeling like there's more? What does that mean? Does it mean you're unhappy? Does it mean you were wrong about what's important to you? I believe our view and definition on happiness is what's standing in the way from us having more of it in our lives. I believe that happiness is a skill that needs to be cultivated, a skill that allows you to not only bring more happy moments into your life, but to appreciate the life you have right now, regardless of the circumstances. Well said. Very well said. Yeah, and I think it's even now during this pandemic, which put us on pause and gave us the opportunity to be present and live fully in the moment, Everyone was still living in the future. What's next? What's happening next, right? Yeah, we spend so much time thinking about what we want to have in our lives. And I don't think that that's completely wrong. But it's wrong when it stops us from just appreciating what we currently have. Right. Right? We're always wanting more and more and more and more. But we're never truly appreciating what we have right now. Or wanting it to be different. So this is what I found for me as I was struggling through like even my relationship was I wanted things to be different, him to be different or things to be different. So I caught myself in that thought. So that's kind of like the future tripping Mm -hmm. over those kind of things. It's like, I wanted it to be different and I was realizing (laughs) I'm causing my own suffering by not being in the moment and being present and being grateful and being unappreciating, like you said, right here, right now instead of wanting it to be different. And I think we all did that through the pandemic. We just wanted it back to normal. Right. And then we could be happy. (laughs) Well, what's normal? What's normal? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a metaphor for all of our lives. Like, when this happens, I will have happiness. Yeah. And it's not true. Because like you were saying, well, what if we get that thing? Mm -hmm. Are we any happier? Maybe momentarily. But then we go back to that kind of happiness set point Mm -hmm. kind of thing of, oh, well, then I need something bigger, yes. right? There's always more to obtain, <laughs> yeah. no matter what. I know, and some people would go, yeah, and, so? <laughs> and I think you're right, where we don't talk about happiness. We don't 
teach what happiness is. I mean, I remember, right, in kindergarten, Mr. Happy. Remember those books? Oh, yes. Mr. Happy, Ms. Sad. Yeah. You say this about your kids. You want your kids to be happy. But what does that mean? Well, and their idea of happiness could be completely different (laughs) than yours, especially. Exactly. (laughs) And I think that's where we get all confused, right? right? It's like, I just want you to be happy. Just do this thing and you'll be happy. It's like, no, mom, it's not going to make me happy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, let's go to some of the messages we've received for today. Eric? Sure. Jody from Ketchikan writes and says, I don't feel I'm good at being happy. Are there some exercises you recommend doing to bring happiness into my life? I'm slowly looking at Brenda. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was leaning over there. (laughs) Take it away. Oh, I love exercises. Um, Yeah, Jody, this is great. Um, Because there there are things that we can do because like we've talked about and we've all shared today that it is kind of a choice and it is something, it's a skill like Rory just said. And so having the exercises is about the practice of like this happiness list, like I talk about, to where we can stop and we can really feel into what we want, not based on what other people want or what has made us even happy in the past. So really sitting and realizing or thinking about feeling into um, what, what really brings me joy. And I do it through a sensation. What, like I talked about earlier, what makes my body feel lighter? What makes me feel a little tingly? So if you're a more of a sensation person, that would work well, you know, in finding those things. The other part is what, when you think about it, like an activity, what activities bring you joy? Is it talking with a friend? Is it sports? Is it taking the walk? And then it is the exercise of making it exercise, <laughs> of yeah. actually doing it. That, because it's really simpler than we think. Because when we're basing it on other people, we're not going to get there. But when we stop and go, no, 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 what really brings me joy? That's, I think, what can matter the most. So that's just two simple ways to look at it. Um, I feel, what do you guys think? I actually was going to share a research that was done by Harvard researcher and psychologist Sean Ecker. Um, So he was saying that you can rewire your brain when it comes to happiness just by doing these exercises for 21 days straight. So... Practice gratitude is number one, and he recommends writing three things you are grateful for each day without repeating anything. Uh, Number two is journal. Write about one positive experience which happened to you within 24 hours. Number three is to exercise. Engage in some sort of physical activity for at least 10 minutes every day. Mm -hmm. Number four was meditate. So meditate for at least two minutes every day, and then you can increase that, right, Mm -hmm. 10 to 15 minutes once you get into the zone. Yeah. And number five, practice conscious acts of kindness. Yes. So write an affirming email, praising or thanking a social connection in your life each morning when you open your email. So I thought that was great to yeah, share. That's, that's yeah, really love cool. all of those. Yeah. yeah. Those make me happy. <laughs> Less <laughs> exercises. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know what it made me think of is this idea of a scale, right? And so you have two sides. You have a side where... Maybe you're just dealing with life and life errands and work, and that scale is going in one direction. And if you're not actively trying to put things on the other side, which is go on a walk every day, call up a friend and have a conversation, like whatever that list is after you go through the exercises that you have described, if you're not actively doing that every day, 
then the scale is going to be tipped in the other direction. Mm -hmm. And so really, I think, as you said, it's not really complicated, Mm -hmm. but it does take practice and put like putting it into practice on a daily basis. Yeah, it is practice. I mean, we have to do it. It does. (laughs) All right. We're going to to take a quick break. But don't forget, if you have a question about happiness or want to share your personal experience, you can message us directly on our Facebook page, Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P. Family owned since 1986, Stargazers, a unique metaphysical bookshop, offers a large selection of precious gems, jewelry, candles, sage, shamanic drums and rattles, oracle cards, incense, and more. Plus, you can find a variety of healing goodness from some of the best healers under one roof, such as tarot and oracle card readings, spiritual response therapy, data healing, and energy work. Located in Bellevue at 12727 North of Way, Suite 10, Stargazers provides a foundation for healing, ample wisdom, and resources for starting or continuing your spiritual journey. Stargazers, making sense of the stars and everything esoteric. For more information and store hours, go to stargazersbooks.com. That's S-T-A-R-G-A-Z-E-R-S-Books.com or call 425-885-7289. That's 425-885-7289. Hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep, sustainable life changes. Let Sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind. Rid yourself of negative behaviors, fears, pains, and emotions. Weight loss, smoking, childhood drama, chronic pain, and much more can be addressed. Begin healing now. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Bring out the healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. I'm intuitive medium, spiritual coach, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I am also the host of Love from the Hip. And I am forgiveness coach, author, and your host, Brenda Reese. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Rory Reich. On today's show, we're discussing happiness what it means, and how to cultivate more of it in our lives. And if you have a question or need some advice or simply want to share, message us on our Facebook page, Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P. All right. Well, let's go back to our messages we have for today. Eric? Sure. Dirk from Brooklyn writes in, I'm constantly making lists of goals to reach that will make me happy. But every time I reach these goals, I find not only am I not as happy as I thought I would be, But also, uh, just then, I make a new list of goals. It feels like a vicious cycle with no end in sight. Any advice? That's a good one. 
No, it's a really good one. I'm a list maker, too. (laughs) (laughs) And it is a vicious cycle. It is. Yeah. You know, I think we touched on this earlier. There's nothing wrong with having goals in life. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with wanting to achieve more, wanting to grow. But if that is your only source of happiness, it's it's a never-ending well. And then where are those goals focused, right? Are they on material success or... Is it on self-growth? Because then when you get caught in that vicious cycle of material success and material gain, right, it becomes an enslavement. So, And I think that's what society kind of has us believe too, right? So as a conscious, you know, we're, we're absorbing this. It's like be focused on the goal, on the things. What can I achieve? Where, what, you know, it's like jobs. It's, it's like America, careers. right? It <laughs> is. The job, the car, the it, house, it the, is. the wife or husband. So I think, Dirk, I think I would suggest making a new list (laughs) because I like lists and (laughs) make a new list of what makes you happy. Right. Seriously, honestly, what inside of you, what what activities even start there? Intrinsic Intrinsic. goals versus extrinsic. Right. Thank you. Yeah. 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 I would start with that. What do you think, Rory? Yeah, I, w- I was stuck back on, on another comment about even personal growth, I think, can be a difficult thing if you're always having goals towards that. Mm. If you always feel like you're marching towards this thing that's going to make you better. Yes. Like it's, that's also a trap. Um, I agree. I think it is, it's less about making a goal that's going to make you happy and helping to def- like write down things that are going to define what happiness means for you as a starting place. And then putting, as we talked about, more of those things into your life, going to walk every day hang out with friends, like whatever that list is. I think we also touched about this a little bit on the break of just that's one side of the coin. And the other part is about, you know, having meaning in your life. And do you have meaning? And I think we can talk about that more. But Yeah. And I also feel like it's hard to be happy. I mean, you can't just say I'm going to be happy, right? I mean, you have to, there's underlying pain and emotions and all the issues and the trauma and the baggage and everything that we're also trying to work through. You can't just put a happy stamp on it and be happy, right? Well, I think that's part of the issue is that we actually believe that happiness is a state that we will be able to achieve and, and, and constantly. Right. Yes. And that's not true. No. But there's no life that is devoid of pain or sadness or sorrow or heartbreak or grief. Those are all components. Mm-hmm. But happiness is also a component. And it goes back to how do we just try to have as many of those moments as we can. Like that's the real goal, not achieving a state of unending happiness. Well, it goes back to being present. Like you talked about earlier, it goes back to that. It's like if we be with our emotions or feelings, they will pass if we allow them. But if we think we have to be happy all the time, then we're constantly striving for that. We're not being in the moment present, allowing this other, these other feelings, whether it's disappointment or sadness or whatever those things are that we need as a human being. That's why, you know, we're here mm-hmm. is to experience these things and to know that happiness is part of it, but not all of it. Mm-hmm. And give ourselves permission to feel all these other things. And because I think that's where some people get depressed over not feeling happy. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and, and we can increase those little hormones in our brain. We can, but we got to be present with ourselves to be able to do that, to make the choice. Yeah. I, I think don't make the goal happiness, make the goal, adding more happy moments into your life mm-hmm. and hopefully adding meaning into your life, which makes all of life 
worth living. Worth living. <laughs> yeah, so make a new list, Dirk. For sure. <laughs> Hope that helps you, Dirk. All right, let's go to our next message, Eric. Karen from Idaho says, I'm in a long-term relationship and I'm struggling to answer whether I'm happy or not. What can I do? I'd say flip a coin. It's <laughs> <laughs> always worked for me. Oh, dear, 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 dear. Oh, this is a tough dear. one. This is a tough one. Don't you feel like the fact she's asking <laughs> means she already knows? Well, I mean, I've I, I've asked myself this question before. I think knowing if a relationship is right for you is challenging because, again, I think we have these ideas of what a relationship is supposed to look like. Yeah, we read all these articles in Cosmo. Or you see Disney movies <laughs> growing up, right? Or we compare ourselves to other people, mm-hmm. right? And we think, oh, they're, you know, I'm comparing my insides with their outsides. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel miserable, but look at them. Everybody else has it. Yeah, this is where I think we have to redefine what a successful relationship looks like. It's not what you see in the movies. It's something different. And it's completely possible. And what goes on inside of me or each, uh, mm-hmm. each of us is really what I bring to that relationship. Again, it's that external, right? That extrinsic. If I'm dependent upon my husband to make me happy, exactly. I'm, I'm in big trouble. And, and that's what I had to go through, through part of my relationship process was mm-hmm. that was I was feeling unhappy because of me, right? Not be necessarily because of him. And so that brings us all back to the inside job of, okay, if I'm going to determine whether this relationship makes me happy or not, let me find out within myself what is missing inside of me first, then looking at the relationship second and seeing, is are we, com- are, are we good? Are we compatible? Are we actually helping each other? Are we being, um, what is it? Uh, I can't think of the word kind. that I want right now. Supportive. Well, supportive. supportive, yeah. Can yeah. we be supportive of each other versus, you know, versus at each other's throat tearing all the each time. other down, yeah. And tearing each other yeah. down because if that's happening, that's, a, that's really good information to have. But yeah, having a relationship with yourself first and making first. yourself happy. And, like and you that's said. hard because that goes against what we're taught. Mm-hmm. I think a big component, too, is just accepting your partner generally for who they are. Yes. Not having an image in your mind of when my partner becomes X, then I will be happy. Right. You're taking away my fantasy, Rory. (laughs) (laughs) But we all know how difficult it is to change even when you're trying every day. So when you're putting those expectations on your partner... That's a very unrealistic expectation. Well, it's easier to put in on them than on yourself, right? It, it definitely <laughs> is. But, oh, yeah. But I think, you know, having honest communication about what's important to you and making small little changes on both sides can make a huge difference. And I think, as you mentioned, um, being kind to each other. Mm-hmm. Just imagine if every day you showed up like the first day where you were just kind. You spoke kindly. You listened. You didn't have that tone in your voice. Like, what a difference that would make in a relationship. As if it was a new relationship every day. Yeah, but we stop doing that over time. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how we treat the people closest to us kind of the worst. Oh, absolutely. I had that realization (laughs) the other day as we were going through our move and feeling stress and all that. And I barked, you know, just kind of barked at at my husband. And it was I had to stop myself and go, hold on, hold on, Brenda. (laughs) Step back. Step back. You know, I'm the one that's frustrated, not him. So be kind. I said those words. Be kind. Mm -hmm. And it was a great reminder to me to take a breath. I think the most important thing is 
as you mentioned, for you to be the change agent in the relationship. Because when you show up differently, the other person is forced to show yeah, up differently. Change, yeah. So you have that under your control. You don't have the ability to change someone else. No, lead by example. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope that helps you, Karen. Well, let's go to our next message, Eric. Olivia from Boston says, my coworker asked me the other day, what happiness means to me? I couldn't even answer her. How do I find happiness if I don't even know what it means? It's a very common question, right? Yes. So I wanted to share a study that I read about, too, and it was conducted with 5,000 participants in the U.K. on things that create happiness for people. They looked at everything from exercise to being kind to others, as you mentioned, Rory, to working on one's goals and relationships and more. And the number one predictor of how happy one could be was, what do you think? Guesses. Mm. Mm, lots of money in the bank. <laughs> good relationship. Eric, what do you think? Uh, just how they felt about themselves, maybe. Ooh, I like that. Ooh. Exactly. What? Bingo. Oh, Self-acceptance. And guess what is the least practiced habit? Self-acceptance. Self -acceptance. <laughs> I got that one. Yeah. <laughs> so I think of what exercises can you do, can we do to boost our self-acceptance? And I think by doing this, Olivia, it'll help you to explore what happiness means to you. And so I would recommend spending time with yourself, for one. Treat yourself to flowers. Take yourself on a date, a nice dinner, a walk. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would recommend mirror therapy. I love mirror therapy. It's something I use all the time in hypnosis. And I just recommend writing up something nice about yourself. Again, with that beautiful, brightly colored lipstick that you know mm, Rory mine. has access yeah, to. Yeah. 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 Write that up about yourself each week. And then I would say do affirmations, whether daily or weekly. And then also a praise jar. So I would recommend asking your friends to write on small pieces of paper what your strengths are or what they value about you and put these in a jar, a mason jar, whatever jar you feel, and read one a week and I then see what one. happens. That's great. I need to read one every day. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's really, really What good. do you guys think for Olivia? I, I, I like the part about getting in touch with yourself. I think we spend so much time thinking about others. I mean, mm -hmm. depending on your situation, depending on where you have kids, depending on where you have a spouse, where you're taking care of other people all the time. Sometimes we forget to, as you mentioned, take care of yourself. Right. So put some time aside and really get to the core of what makes me happy. And I do like the mirror. And, you know, and it's hard when we're, when we're learning to self-accept or self-love ourselves. It's, it's using the affirmations for me, but it's also, I am willing to believe this about myself. I am willing to love myself. I am willing to accept this about me or, you know, or looking in the mirror and saying, I like my eyes or mm -hmm. some, starting with something simple like that really helps. I like my laugh. These, my friends say this about me. Right. I am willing to accept that about me. And just being willing is a great way to step into this for me. For, and the, what I and quite a few of my clients that have a hard time with that, you know, and but I love the praise jar. <laughs> yeah, I think there's also the self praise of write down your superpowers. Yeah. yeah, I always tell people that like everybody has superpowers. Mm -hmm. What are yours? Write them yeah. down. Don't think about what you don't have. Think right. about what you do have. Yeah. yeah, love that too. Yeah. Well, with that, we're gonna take a break. But everyone, stick around for more of the Conscious Coaching Hour. 
Is your tween starting to experience a change in their skin? Want to get them on an easy at-home routine and have good skin hygiene? Allow Sakura Skin in Mind to help your tween out. This brief, deep cleansing and educational 35-minute facial is just enough to get your tween, ages 10 to 12 years old, started off in the right direction. Sakura Skin in Mind uses the latest in the clinical skincare industry to care for your tween the right way. Sakura Skin in Mind, treating skin out there with an ounce of treatment and a pound of protection. Call 206-730-7429 or go to sakuraskinandmind.com. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H.com. Family owned since 1986, Stargazers, a unique metaphysical bookshop, offers a large selection of precious gems, jewelry, candles, sage, shamanic drums and rattles, oracle cards, incense, and more. Plus, you can find a variety of healing goodness from some of the best healers under one roof, such as tarot and oracle card readings, spiritual response therapy, data healing, and energy work. Located in Bellevue at 12727 Northrop Way, Suite 10, Stargazers provides a foundation for healing, ample wisdom, and resources for starting or continuing your spiritual journey. Stargazers, making sense of the stars and everything esoteric. For more information and store hours, go to stargazersbooks.com. That's S-T-A-R-G-A. Z-E-R-S books.com or call 425-885-7289. That's 425-885-7289. Welcome back to Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. I'm intuitive medium, spiritual coach, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I am also the host of Love from the Hip. And I am forgiveness coach, author, and your host, Brenda Reese. And I am transformational coach, author, and your host, Roy Reich. Check us out on our new affiliate on Sundays at 12 p.m. on AM 1450 KBKW. It's time for the Oracle Card in the Conscious Coaching Hour. All right. Well, let's ask Spirit or Universe for further guidance on today's topic of happiness. Rory, what deck are we using? Today we are using the Queen of the Moon Oracle deck by Stacy DeMarco. All right. Well, let's go ahead and All shuffle right. those cards. Do you and want to pull one? Drum roll, please. All right. The card we have today is gratitude. Be where you are and be thankful. There is always something to be grateful for, no matter your suffering. Gratitude raises a lower vibration to a higher one. Do not allow yourself to be surrounded by too many negative people. Life is conspiring for you. Mm. Very fitting. Seems pretty I love how the universe delivers. Well, I do too because gratitude 
does change the chemicals in our brain. I have a friend that's an educational neuroscientist, and it is proven now that gratitude does do that. Like I said, even if it's through gritted teeth, where we're, yeah. <laughs> where, you know, even if it's hard, and that's what got me through. Um, like my last divorce, it was so challenging, but the gratitude, finding the gratitude in the moment, like we're talking about in the present is what got, was helpful for Mm -hmm. me to stay right here right now and to not be around toxic people, (laughs) you know, (laughs) is really helpful. Those people that bring you down. I mean, I think that's important too. So I love how this ties into what we're talking about with happiness. Right. Yeah. I think that word's been so used lately, but when you think about it, what it really is, is that what we've been talking about, just taking a step back, mm-hmm. pausing, looking at the life that you have and being happy about the things in your life that you're grateful for. Yeah. I mean, even when you're dying, right? I mean, I know for me, even though I was dying, I was still having to find the gratitude in the moment, right? Of just being around my family still and being able to experience that. But it's challenging at times to find that gratefulness, right? Well, it is. And then and, and allowing that too. But having that desire, I think, to want to see the gratitude or find the gratitude in it is is what's really good. Because like you were talking about earlier, it's hard. Sometimes it's life. Life it deals us a, a deck of <laughs> cards that maybe we don't like. But it, what can we what can we find right here, right now? To be, even one or two things, mm-hmm. like you said, in your gratitude, at least three things that you can find. Because, you know, sometimes it's just toilet paper. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Toilet paper and water. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, you guys want to take another message? Yeah. All right. Eric? Jake from Reno says, depression runs in my family, and I definitely feel like happiness has been challenging for me. How do I know if what I'm dealing with is genetic or something else? Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Who wants to start? Ugh. So this is a good question because um, when we look at it, like back to my friend with the neuroscience um, has been showing that we have a happiness set point, that there is some sort of genetics in there. And like you mentioned too, Rory, and when we started this conversation today was that it's anywhere between 10 and 50%, right? And so there is genetics does play a difference, but it's not the end all be all. Right. You're not stuck in that. And, you know, and I think it's important to not use that as an excuse, like, Mm -hmm. oh, my family's depressed, so therefore I'm just stuck with, it's like Eeyore, right? Right. (laughs) You know, it's like stuck with that. We're not stuck with it. We can use and we can do, we can change the chemicals. Yeah. We can do some exercises, make some lists, do some things, I think, to change that, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think depression can be an energetic pattern. Right. Mm -hmm. And unless you take active steps to break out of it, you're stuck in it. And so I think it just it, you know, one, there may be a chemical thing and that's definitely something to look at, of course. But there are also practical things that you can do every day to bring happiness into your life. And so I think you kind of you have to you definitely have to look at both of those. Well, the neural pathways, right, that they that we hear a lot about. Yeah. Creating new neural Mm -hmm. pathways. Because, like, that is so true about the depression because that was for me. I was in these circumstances so many times that I was creating the same kind of reactions, the same things. Yeah, it's a pattern. Yeah. yeah. Same grid. Yeah. You yeah. can be stuck in all different kinds of patterns. And yeah. just like PTSD, right? I right. mean, trauma also does the same thing. And you can rewire and change the neuroplasticity for 
PTSD. Yeah. But so yeah. making a choice, I think making a yeah. choice, kind of, you can look at your family history if you want, um, Jake, and see, what, uh, you know, how many, how much of that is there, but also just making that choice to how can I, what, what makes me happy? What, how do I want to change myself? Yeah. yeah not feeling great. like you're stuck, empowering yourself. Yeah. To change your life. Mm. Like All it. Right. All right. So what are our final takeaways on happiness? Who wants to go first? You want to start, Brenda? Sure. So what has helped me so much in creating happiness is to have a gratitude practice like we've been talking about. And we hear this so much, and like we just said, we can discount it, but the neuroscience is proving that gratitude actually changes the chemicals in our brain. So who doesn't want more happy chemicals? (laughs) Plus, having that happy list like I talked about earlier at your fingertips is so helpful, and I really like this quote um, that says, happiness is not a destination, but a never-ending journey we must consciously choose to embark upon. Mm. I love I that. I like that a lot. Thanks. What about you, Rory? Well, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> happiness is not a destination. Um, I think it's a state of being. And if we stop focusing on all the things that uh, we don't have and that we want to obtain and really start appreciating exactly where we are right now, Uh, This doesn't mean you can't make changes to your life to increase your happiness. Like we've talked about, you should definitely do that. It just means that if you don't know how to appreciate what you have right now, what makes you think you're going to appreciate it in the future? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, because what you have right now is is what you strived for, right? Six months, years ago. Now you're in it and here you are and you're not showing any gratitude for it. So guess what? The universe is going to stop delivering for you, right? Well, it's just never ending. Like yeah. there will be goals. We will accomplish more, but that's never going to be what satisfies us. Yeah. And that's okay. We just have to realize that. Well, yeah. And energetically for me, it's like proving it. The more that we are grateful and happy for what we have right now, it opens up the doorway for, for even more feelings mm-hmm. of happiness and gratitude. It's a magnet. It is. <laughs> Yeah, and I just wanted to add that with any new emotion or new way of being, right, with Mm -hmm. rediscovering what happiness is for you, it does require practice, as we said, and it takes time to stick, right? Mm -hmm. And there are also going to be new challenges with it. As I realized, as I became more capable of being happy, I also began to feel more guilty, right, (laughs) because I'm happy and they're not. But then realizing also as an empath, I think that's part of the problem, right, is we always want to come down to meet meet our clients and meet other people when really we just need to stay in your, you need to stay in your happiness lane. Just stay there. You don't have to brag, but you can share. I mean, the world is so quick to spread everything about the bad and the sadness and the fear. And I think it's really time to change that. I think it's okay to brag. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I have no problem with bragging. Yeah. 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 So, no, I do like that. And I and I do. I think I'm so related to the guilty piece. Yeah, I know. Oh, my gosh. I know. I have done that. It's like I feel so good. And I think a lot of people have that. They feel bad for feeling good mm-hmm. because it's not I should because other friends or family. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Because if, uh, if I jump in the hole, right, in a well, and then you jump in with me, who's going to get us out? Right. Right. Exactly. I need somebody up on top reaching down with a hand to help get me out. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so we need to stay in our happy lane. Stay in your happy yeah, lane. Yeah, I like your comment about lowering yourself to meet others, right? Yeah. That's definitely something that I, I'm not going to say lowering, changing yeah. your yeah. vibration to meet other people. 
And I, and I t- wholeheartedly agree that if we can all raise our vibration to this place of happiness, it's contagious. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Let's make that contagious. Happiness is contagious. Sure. I love that. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We want to thank Eric, our lovely producer, KKNW, and KBKW, the talk of Grace Harbor, and you, the listener. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share our podcast, The Conscious Coaching Hour, which you can find under Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P. Anywhere you can find podcasts. So what are we talking about on our next show? On our next show, we'll be starting to uh, discussing boundaries, why they're important, and how to set them. But remember, we will also address any issues you're struggling with. Love the show? Have a question you would like us to answer on the air? Follow us, like us, and message us on Instagram or Facebook at Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P. You can find me at SakuraSetter.com. You can find me at RoryReich.com. You can find me at BrendaReeseCoaching.com. Tune in every month on Wednesdays from 2 to 3 p.m. on AM 1150 KKNW and Sundays from 12 to 1 p.m. on AM 1450 KBKW for more of the Conscious Coaching Hour. Where we help you awaken your intuition and inner coach. So you can live your best life. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R dot com.